All right, let's hit the button here. Yeah. Welcome to, talk about. to the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room Podcast. We are here to podcast about anything and everything Star Wars with you. Please visit our website where you can play current and past episodes. That's HTTPS colon backslash backslash R-A-B-R Kyle Johansson dot U-S. That's R-A-B-R dot K-A-I-L-E-J-O-H-A-N-S-E-N dot U-S. Mm-hmm. On the left-hand side is a navigation menu. You can use this to learn That's left. how to load the Rebel Alliance Bridging Room podcast on your Android or Apple phone and tablet. And we have direct links to our podcast on Apple and Google Podcasts. Please participate by connecting to our social media, answering questions of the week, or submitting feedback directly from the site. Feedback. Again, all of these are available at the Rebel Alliance Bridging Room website at feedback. R A B R K A I L E J O H A N S E N. I am Kyle John Johansson, and this is Andrew Scott Sutton. Say hello. 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 Yeah, so I'm going to tell you just, you know, the reason I haven't put Rick in there is because I have to find the music that plays in the background. I have to find the, there's three different types of music that play in the background. I have to find all of them. And redo it all. I could add him basically, but it would be like a. It'd be like uh, this is and this is Scott, and then it'll go, and this is Rick, and there'd be no sound or nothing. It'll just say this is Rick. Um, so it'd be funny. I I could do it that way just to be silly, but uh, it takes a little bit to re-record all that. So or or just no me or oh, and Rick's here too. Well, that's what I do. It's Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So today, since we have a lot to talk about, because it was a pretty, uh, I thought it was a pretty packed episode. Um, we're going to start reviewing Ahsoka part six called Far, Far Away. Um, you know, referencing the uh, scroll there that we always see. Uh, and we're going to discuss it. We're going to go through the recap of all the cast and directors and then we're gonna kind of do a deep dive on it and see what we think about it so uh let's do a spoiler thing so that people let's hear it say it spoiler alert there we go so Basically, what that means, if you haven't seen episode six or anything before episode six, go watch it because we're going to spoil everything. We're going to talk about all of it. So get ready. Um, and we got a director today, uh, Jennifer Getz- Getzinger. It's the first time I've seen her on one of these is Jennifer Getzinger. Of course, the writer, David Filoni. I don't think he's going to do anything but write this the whole time. Uh, it was edited by James D. Wilcox. He's edited a few. And the music score was Kevin Kinnear. Um, our cast why was interesting. That, why does that sound familiar? Because he's uh, Kevin Kinnear is always the one that does the music. He, he's done it since uh, I think uh, maybe Rebels or before that. He's done the music for all the shows. Uh, John or William, what's his name? Retired, so he this guy took over. Uh, Williams, John Williams, he retired. Kinnear, it's K I. Well, you there's a Kinnear that does uh talk show, talk show, but that's not the same guy. This is it's probably actually Kiner, I don't know, Kevin Kiner, I don't know, it's spelled K I N E R. Um, I have his IMDb thing if you want to if you want to look at it, but actually it's on our website. Everybody that's listed uh, in the cast and the directing I have on our website with a link to their IMDb so you can see what they've done. Um, so in the cast, of course, we have Ahsoka Tano, which is played by Rosario Dawson. 
Sabine Wren, played by Natasha Lou Bordizio. Uh, Balin Skoll, played by Ray Stevens. Shin Hati, played by Ivana Shakino. Morgan Elizabeth, played by Deanna Lee Insanto. Professor Hugh Gang, played by David Tennant. And then we have some new characters. Uh, Tropa, she's one of those uh, night sister mothers or whatever. She's played by Geraldine Geraldine Prescott Galen. Kotha, played by Claudia Black, which I don't know. You need to look up Claudia Black. She's pretty old. She's a good looking one. Uh, And then the last uh, witch was called Lexis. Lake Sissus, something like that. Their names weren't really uh, said in the show, though. They, the, the I think Thrawn just referred to them as as mothers or mother, grandmother or great mother or something like that. I think the Ectropa is the great mother, and the other three they. I don't know if you remember from from uh, the Clone Wars, but the. Night Sisters, there was always three of them that were ruling the, the top. Um, you know, I don't know why, but and then, of course, we saw our, our buddy uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn for the first time. He had quite a bit of time in the show, played by Lars Mick- Mickelson. Um, and then we had Captain Inyok, which is the uh, trooper that had the gold uh, faceplate. He's played by Wes Chapman. And then uh, Ezra Bridger was the other uh, person that was there. All the other things didn't have anything. So let's uh, let's well, do a commercial. The, the, the Turtle Rocks didn't have them. No, they didn't. Oh, my God. Because they, they didn't actually... We didn't actually understand what they said, so I guess we didn't need... Uh, yeah, something. Um, so let me play a commercial that's related to uh, what we just talked about. Hey, you, over there. Are you on trip here? Is your armor always dirty? When do you find time to clean it? Did Rebel Scum scratch and damage it? Did your helmet communications keep acting up? Stop by Aaron's Armor Sparkalorium. Before 1,500 hours, we will wash clean and sanitize your armor for the next day pickup. Our patented galactic... We ancient secret cleaning techniques will have your armor sparkling just like a new Cerulean Y-1300 freighter just off the assembly line. Yeah. You'll be the envy of all your friends and co-workers from the castles on Lothal to the politicians on Coruscant to the environmentalists on Endor. For your next day service, stop by Aaron's Armor Sparkalorium. We are located in Tatooine's Moss Eisley Spaceport, directly across from Hangar 35. We will also repair and sell and sell most parts at the best rates in the known galaxy. All right. services guaranteed and licensed by the Emperor himself to last a lifetime. Like oh, an Eron's Armor Sparkalorium. We accept Imperial credits only. Helmets and boots are services are extra. Yeah, so... They're gonna get there. They we put them on there today because they're gonna give a special discount if Thrawn brings all his stormtroopers over to get get their stuff cleaned up. Oh my god, that's a big job. Well, he did, yeah, I don't know if you know. noticed, but every single one of them was had a dirty, uh, dirty uniform. They, were, they all had well, mud or whatever on them, and they were so taped together. A, so it was a ship. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But it had on the on the bottom of it. You didn't notice it, but on the bottom of it, it had the the Mythosar symbol, which is uh, Thrawn's thing, uh, Chimera symbol. It's a weird. It had, uh, uh, it had the the zebra stripe uh, camo. Uh-uh. It looked like it, but you didn't see it. It was it's the symbol that Thrawn uses. It's a weird snake, double snake thing, or something weird like that. You, you have to you have to look at it close snake to see it. Snake. But uh, snake. so our episode part six, far far away, aired on September nineteenth. It was forty three minutes long, and it's 
it's still in the uh, nine before the battle of or after the battle of Yavin. I keep saying before, after the battle of Yavin. So what that means is it's time to grab your favorite beverage, pull up a chair, and join us in the Rebel Alliance briefing room. Oh my, yours is almost empty. So just for fun, we're up to, uh, on Twitter, we're up to 108 followers, which is up from last week. Last week we had 106. So we got two more. Um, And last week's podcast got 22 views so far. Uh Um, One before it's got 31. Let's see. That's on that's on YouTube. Uh, on Amazon, we've uh, just got a view of two, I think, maybe one. Yeah. Uh, Spotify, we've got a few uh, extras this week, and we've had a little traffic on Google too. So we're doing. Uh, we're doing okay. I mean, we got a one or two new people that are listening. It seems like I did get a thumbs down in the uh, the YouTube channel, so I don't know if that was you or someone else doing a thumbs down. But I got a thumbs down in there. They didn't like the episode, or they did thumbs down. No comments, though, so we don't know why. It just says thumbs down. Um. One thumbs down and zero thumbs up. So uh, let's get on with the episode here. So it starts off uh, as Ahsoka and Hugh Yang are traveling through hyperspace within the mouth of the pergola. The two reminisce about stories of space whales. Hugh Yang would tell Tano and the other younglings in the Jedi Temple. When Tano just declines to hear one of his stories... Hugh Yang asks Tano for one of hers. In response, Tano tells Hugh Yang that Sabine Wren went with the enemy willingly, meaning she saw it in her vision, which Hugh Yang regards as troubling. Hmm, that's that's weird. Why would she go willingly? Uh, Tano agrees that that's kind of strange, but Hugh Yang suggests that the force provided Ren with insight in her decision, and that's for her to save Ezra Bridger, um, and that may have been her only choice. Oh. What is that? That's not it. Anyway, um, where was I? I got to deliver it at my doorstep. Wow, you better go get it. Well, it should be something else. I don't know what it is. Oh, I know what it is. Never mind. What is Um, it? That's some... uh, I guess they're called grease pencils. You've probably seen them in what you do. It makes it easier. They're they're just little pins that have uh, um, grease in in them instead. Not grease. I don't mean grease, but... uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, it's not, they're not ink or anything. It's just a, a, a piece of, I don't know. It looks like plastic, but it's grease. When you write on, you can write on stuff with it. Oh. <clears throat> I got some of those cause I use them in my, uh, in my, uh, garage to label all my, all my toys in there, you know, like tools and toys. Okay, anyway, uh, so she's made the only choice she thinks uh, is to save Ezra, and Tano decides then to hear one of Hugh Yang's stories after all. And Hugh Yang begins his tale with a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Then we usually hear this. We'll hear this, right? Exactly, that's what I was too. I was like, "Oh, they didn't a big, oh, big opportunity no, to play this. Big opportunity to play that song." Yeah, but they didn't do it. Um, 
And then we jump to Sabine Rin awakening aboard the Eye of Scion inside a prison cell. That's a, that a great line. I, I, I was expecting a room with a view. Yeah. And it was a pretty small cell, too, wasn't it? Uh, Balin Skull passes by the cell, and Rin grabs, grabs doesn't grab him, but uh, jabs at him, hoping to have a room with a view, like you said. Uh, Skull suggests that her imprisonment would be an opportunity for her to uh, to have great reflection, something that Rin has cl- claimed to avoid. Uh, Rin reminds Skull that their deal regarding finding Bridger and Skull departs silently as Rin angrily calls out to him. She, she says, hey, Balin, or something. I don't know what she calls him. Come here, come back. I wasn't done talking to you. I'm bored. Talk to me. I'm a woman. I have to I have to talk to somebody all the time. Ah. Skull so returns I, to the bridge. I'm still trying to place Balin in my mind. Where do we see him? Well, I don't think we've ever seen him before. He was he was mentioned uh, before, but he's ne- we've never seen his uh, him before. Okay. He's new. Right. He's basically that new. There's a there's mention in some stuff about a, a general Balin skull, um, but uh, you know this is the first time we've actually seen him and actually learned hardly anything about him. You know, because we've always, you know, especially back when the when they when they Jedi purge Order sixty six, we saw a ton of the Jedi's, but we never uh, we didn't know what most of them were, right? Yeah, they just got killed. Ah, uh, all right. So Skull returns to the bridge uh, and tells uh, Morgan about Ren's impatience when Elizabeth. Ask Skull if he intends to follow through on his, his promise to her. He simply responds that her pursuit of Bridger blinds her and that she may still be of use to them. At the moment, the eye emerged, emerged from hyperspace at Paradia. And it's weird. We kind of see uh, when he rings around the planet, when we start, and then we get in closer, and it's like. Uh, Skeletons and stuff of these whales and stuff. Isn't that kind of strange? Uh, and this is when Elizabeth states how the planet was an ancient homeworld of her people, the Darth Mori, and Skull recalls the Jedi archive stories of the planet and how it was used as the end of the Pergola's migration route from one galaxy to another, uh, which, you know, like they come there to die or something. Uh, Lisbeth tells how her ancestors were the first to ride the creatures, and Skull remarks on the on the planet's nature as a pergola graveyard. As the eye passes through the planet's rings, which are made of pergola bones and whatever else, skin and stuff looks like too. Um, so, do you think? Do you think that they make trips there? with their elders for them to die. I think that's part of it. I think it's uh so you, you know how Sam that? you know how salmon go up the water to mate and stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's yeah. probably something like that, you know, it's except it's the opposite. So I'm just wondering I'm just wondering if this one that's delivering them, you know, it's just it's its last trip. Yeah, I was wondering that too because it's it looks pretty big, and we kind of assume the bigger they are, the older they are, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I would say it's it's close. It could uh, open its mouth and go and breathe its last breath, right? All right, and then Shin Hati. I, I say Hati because she looks like a hottie. I think it's hat, hat. I think it's Hattie. Hattie. I don't know. Collects Ren from her cell, and the two, along with Elizabeth and Skull, travel to the Perdia's surface. 
The group meets that three night sisters. Cool. That, that was a freaking cool shit. Yeah, that little ship. All uh, gold given crime. Yeah. She's got a fascination with gold, doesn't she? The group meets three night sisters known as the Great Mothers at the hinge, similar to the one on the reflex point on Sietos. One of them cool. welcomes Elizabeth as a child of Darth Maul. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was, it was pretty much exactly the same, except it wasn't broken, right? Yeah, I know. I, I know you said this before, but I just realized it because I rewatched uh, Mando. Yep, she's the one. She's the one with the the rod. Exactly. Right. The right? the yeah the Beskar rod. Yeah. Yeah, she and. Uh, uh, Ahsoka fights uh, at that in that scene. There, they fight yeah. each other. We see her a couple times before they fight, but uh, it's very briefly, I think. Ah, uh, blah blah blah. Night Sisters. Uh, one of them welcomes Elizabeth as a child of Darth Maul, praising her by saying she did their ancestors' uh, credit. She. She lived up to her uh, to what they were expecting of her. They're <laughs> proud of her, I guess. Uh, Elizabeth confirms oh, that the Night Sisters' visions guided them across the stars to Perdia. When the witches mention Grand Admiral Thrawn, Elizabeth asks where he is. Where is he at? Come on, he should be right here. We're ready to go. Uh, the Night Sisters announce that he is coming. He's on his way. One which remarks that Rin stinks of Jedi and marks her as dangerous. They put some sort of little uh, red square rope thing around her, some witch thing, huh? Um, I think, so. I, I, think it, I, I think they could also use it besides for for uh, securing somebody, but they can also make somebody tell the truth. So be. I think I think they're hiding Wonder Woman somewhere on that planet. Exactly. Exactly. That's what it is. <laughs> Except that those ropes are red and Wonder Woman's rope was, was golden. Come on. And I'm just I'm just saying. Come on. One witch remarks that Rin stinks of a Jedi and is restricting her with a three floating spheres. Uh, when Rin is whisked away, she reminds Skull again about their deal, asking for Bridger. Where is my Bridger, buddy? Where is he at? I Skull and Hati linger at the stone pillars, and Skull states that Perdia is a place of dreams and madness. Children's stories come to life here. Uh, mostly because he was told stories as a child about, about the place. Hati voices that she does not know of such stories as she was not raised in the Jedi Temple in Coruscant. Skull continues regarding the tales of Perdia as ancient folklore long forgotten. Hati yeah. muses that sometimes the stories are just stories. They don't mean anything, right? They're just stories. And Skull these, sisters, these sisters aren't these, isn't this the, the I don't want to say right. Um, isn't, isn't this the sisterhood that, that that made uh oh god it was in my head can't make it to my tongue mall no it's a uh, mall yeah no i think i think these sisters have always been on this planet um mm -hmm. they didn't make the trip to darthamore or whatever but it's the same um, it's the same sex yes yes cuz you you hear them say that they uh they had a large group travel from this planet so there something happened on the planet and they had to leave or something but they left these three behind or something like that um i'm sorry no I'm you're fine skull recollects that that at a that he is slightly older than hati and he watched the jedi temple burn and couldn't make sense of it at the time however skull states that as one ages and learns history, such things reveal themselves as inevitability. Uh, 
as the fall of the Jedi and the rise of the Empire repeat in a cycle over and over again. Uh, kind of like the the Battlestar Galactica phrase. Yeah. Everything we see has happened before or something like that. Uh, Hadi asks if their turn, if it's their turn, and if Thrawn's return will finally bring them to power. Skull regards such power as fleeting, instead claims to seek a new beginning to bring the cycle to an end. Hmm. The cycle to an end. So there, he wants to make sure that there's no more Jedi, I guess, so that uh, he can be the only one or something. I don't know. When Hadi asks if the beginning is there at Perdia, her master smiles, believing that it is that it is if the stories are true. Oh, so something on the planet is going to help them uh, put an end to everything, huh? What if it's Ezra Bridger? Hmm. Rin once again is in confinement. Uh, paces her, she paces her small cell. She closes her eyes and reaches out with her hand. Attempting to open the cell door with a force. Open. Open. Open door. Open. Uh, Though the cell door begins to rumble, she looks out the window and says the arrival of a Imperial Star Destroyer, the Chimeria, which is what Thrawn named his ship. The ship slowly descends at the hedge to meet Elizabeth's entourage and the Night Sisters. As a ship hangar meets the pillar, rows of night troopers stand guard as Thrawn marches between them, and they're all they're all chanting Thrawn, 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 Thrawn. As Thrawn greets his new allies alongside his his captain of the guard, Inyak, he muses that what was once a dream is now a reality, a frightening reality for which who now opposes them and salutes the Night Sisters, saying that, you know, they've, they've finally come to their, their prime. Thrawn notes Elizabeth's effort in her and her the abilities to finally allow them to escape exile. He introduces Inyok and announces that he will begin a cargo transfer as per an agreement with the great mothers, oh, hmm. close to Enoch. I wonder what. Uh, wonder what the cargo is. Is that a cargo transfer? I don't know. I don't either. Hmm. It looked like it, it, it looked like coffins to me. Was it? Maybe it. It could be. Maybe that's how. Because you know, we know the Night Sisters can bring people back from the dead. Maybe he's giving them coffins so that they can. Uh, Bring them back from the dead and defend themselves. No, I don't know. Elizabeth tells Thrawn that she has seen the catacombs and that it will take at least three rotations to uh, get the transfer. Thrawn says this is an acceptable time frame, and the witches bring up the prisoner, Rin. I thought you said, was a, thought you said it unacceptable. No, it was acceptable. Okay. Acceptable because he's been there forever already. Ren, whom Skull reveals, uh, had brought as he believed she would be the, of use of them. Uh, after being introduced to Thrawn alongside his apprentice, uh, the mercenaries, Thrawn remembers him as General Balin Skull of the Jedi Order. So Thrawn's heard of him before. Skull assures him that he has parted ways with the go- with a Jedi long time ago. Uh, Elizabeth mentions Ren's name, and Thrawn remembers her and agrees that Ren would be of great use to them. Finding Ezra problem, huh? The two Knight sisters bring Ren to Thrawn, who recognizes her and thanks her for his escape from exile. Thanks for sending me all the way out here in space, lady. When Rin asks for the whereabouts of Bridger, Thrawn simply states that her desire to reunite with her old friend will reshape their galaxy. Uh, because, you know, 
Ron's going to escape because she's going to go find him. Uh, when Rin reiterates her question, Theron reassures her that he intends to honor their agreement with Skull, and Antioch rem removes her restraints. Theron promises to outfit her with a mount and provisions and their latest intelligence on Bridger's whereabouts. Uh, when Rin asks if Theron is going to let her walk out there, out of here, Theron says that he is helping her cause to thank her for helping his cause. Hmm. However, he warns her that when his ship leaves, she'll be stranded on Pardia forever. Adding that Bridger may already be dead. Rin asserts that Bridger is still alive, prompting Thrawn to say that she is gambling the fate of her galaxy on that belief. When Rin replies that Thrawn wouldn't understand and changes the topic to a question of her mount, Enioch and the Night Sisters introduce Rin to her to her mount, a howler. Uh, weird looking dog like uh, horse thing, huh? The rat. Uh, it's pretty big though for a rat. But Enioch says Tota, which prompts the creature to kneel so Rin can mount its saddle. Enioch warns that the wasteland is inhabited by nomads who prey on each other for survival. The captain returns to Rin returns Ren's blasters and her lightsaber before telling her to die well. Ren rides out from the gates into the grassy frontier. Didn't look very grassy to me. It looked kind of grassy to me. It looked stony. Yeah, like a dirt and, and, and rocks. Yeah. Skull, Hati, and Elizabeth and Thrawn watch Rin depart from the from a balcony. Uh, Hati states that Rin is embarking on a fool's errand, and Thrawn tells Skull and Hati that they can follow Rin at their own pace. Perplexed, Hati says that she thought Skull was to honor the agreement, not to harm Rin, and Thrawn explains that he allowed Rin to leave to find Bridger only so that she and her master can destroy them both. Dun, dun, dun. Da, 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 da. As Rin traverses the Perdean steep, steeps atop her howler, the mount eventually comes to a stop, and Rin begins to scan for signs of Bridger. Suddenly, a bandit appears and shoots at Rin. He's got some weird... He's got some weird... Uh, Red armor on. <laughs> Though the blasts hit her Beskar armor, leaving her unharmed, her mount is startled and runs off. The assault continues as multiple bandits surround Rin. Despite attacking her with blasters and melee weapons, Rin kills or disarms them all with the aid of her lightsaber foiling. Uh, though the bandits are defeated, her scanner is broken beyond repair, and she continues without it. Dang it. She doesn't have a scanner anymore. It's broken. Sorry. Uh, the Night Sisters at the Night Sisters Fortress, Skull and Haunty mount their howlers to start their chase after Rin. At the Chimaria, the Night Sisters load floating storage containers onto their sh onto the ship. Also, oh, the loading stuff onto the ship, too. Inyak announces yeah, Skull and... That's what he was there for. To get... To get stuff from the catacombs. Oh. He wasn't okay. delivering stuff to him. He was taking the stuff. Oh, so you can get more soldiers. Oh. Hmm. Uh, Inyak announces Skull and Hadi's departure to Thrawn, who allows two squads to support the mercenaries. Uh, Elizabeth suggests sending more troops, but Thrawn refuses, citing his forces dwindling number has dwindled in the past few years. As Enioch leaves, Thrawn tells Elizabeth that it did not ultimately matter whether Rin and Bridger were left stranded on Perdia or died, and that the same was true for Skull and Hati. 
So he doesn't care if they return or not. Either either group. On Perdia's steep Yeah. On Perdia's steeps Rin is followed by her remorseful howler howler. And she berates the beast for abandoning her during her fight with the bandits. It's a great part. Calling him a coward. Bad dog. Coward. Bad. Bad, no bad dog. Dog horsey no looking way. thing. No way. As it continues to follow her, Ren decides to give the creature another chance. Okay. Oh. After continuing the journey further, the Hower leads Ren into the valley where they discover a puddle and various rocks. As the Howler inspects one of the rocks, it jumps in fear, revealing itself as a noti. I don't know. Noti. When Rin lays down her weapon, she attempts to communicate and means no harm. Once the noti approaches Rin, it notices the Rebel Alliance starboard symbol on her purdog. This, this thing. She has a necklace or something or a patch. Uh, she reveals the necklace uh, bearing a symbol and resembles Rin's original starboard design. When Rin deduces that this could mean that the alien knows Bridger, oh, Ezra's got one, he asks if he could lead her to him. The Nodi summons other of its kind and they form a huddle converging, uh, conversing in the Noti language. When Rin asks again for her friend, the Noti beckon Rin to follow as they continue into the valley. Well, there's like a dozen of them or something, right? They all come up all of a sudden. They're like hermit crabs, though. They're not turtles, right? There's uh, the, the rocks are all it's different like shapes. Snails. 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 Hermit crabs. Uh, okay, as Skull and Hati track down the track down Rin, they discover the remains of the battle between Rin and the bandits, deducing that Rin was still alive. Hati asks her master if he knows the one Rin seeks so desperately. Skull answers that he does not, as Bridger was trained as a Boken Jedi in the wild after the fall of the temple. So that basically means that all Jedi that were trained outside of the temple are Boken Jedi, which would make Ren a Boken Jedi, and partially Ahsoka, too, I guess, right? I don't know. Boken. My thing is, is, can't Jedi sense another Jedi? So she could have led herself to that? But yet she's yes and no. She, she's not. She so, hasn't tapped into the force yet, right? So if you if you're tapped into the force and kind of uh, you know part of the force, you you can you can be detected basically. Um, but um, you can also remove yourself from there too. So we know that uh, that's what Luke Skywalker did, so nobody could find him. Yeah, He removed himself, and he didn't use the Force. Because once you use the Force, you tap into it, and then you can be, you know, possibly detected, right? Yeah, it'd be like, if, it'd be like, what is that? A wrinkle in the, in, in the Force or something. Yeah. Something like that. Kind of like, um, think of it as the Matrix. The Matrix had a, had a ripple in the Matrix, and you know, they talked about it was a black cat or something like that, usually. Mm-hmm. Or uh, or um, Deja Vu was a wrinkle in the in the Matrix. Uh, okay. The Jedi in the wild after the fall of the temple. Hadi likens herself to Bridger in that way, but Skull asserts that he trained his apprentice to be something more than a Boken Jedi. Uh, Hadi asks if Skull misses the order and Skull states that he misses the idea of the order, but not the truth or the weakness of it. Claiming that there's no future there. When Hadi wonders if her master saw 
a future on Perdia, which so, she regards as a wasteland. Skull Stasen. Uh, the Jedi? Well, yeah. because because they allowed the the Sith to you know, take over. Oh, okay. I don't know. Because they're too uh, they're too nice or something. I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of weakness that you could. Uh, that's kind of what uh, the prequels kind of try to try to figure out, and I don't know if they ever do figure out what what it is. I think they leave it to you to figure out. Uh, so uh, he he says is there's no future in uh, the way the Jedi used to be. Uh, when Hadi wonders if her master saw a future on Cordia, which she regards as a wasteland. Uh, Skull states that the planet once held the Witch Kingdom of the Darthamore and confirms it is confirmed by the presence of the Great Mothers. Hadi fears that there may be a good reason the Night Sisters wanted to leave Verdia. But Skull reveals, reveals that he felt something stirring there, calling him uh, to the planet at this moment. And then they're approached by two bandits. But Skull discourages violence, stating that the enemy is one of the enemy is one of his friends. What? Enemy of my enemy is my friend, is what he's basically saying. Still following the Noti, Rin arrives at the Noti settlement beside a lake, telling her howler to wait by the outskirts as Rin solemnly looks around. He is met by Bridger, eventually, who says that he knew she would he could count on her coming to rescue him, basically. Like, as a, Ren looks, like a band of gypsies. Exactly. And uh, Ren looks upon her friend with joy. It's my buddy. I love him. I'm going to have his, boy, his boys and girls. For... Bridger smiles and says that it looks it took her long enough. When Ren responds by saying that nobody knew where he was going, Bridger says he didn't know. I didn't know either. I have. I had no idea either. Ren remarks that Bridger always had a plan, but never a good one. Bridger asks if his plan worked. When Ren confirms, uh, the two warmly embrace. The search for Bridger is finally over. Yay! Bridger tells the Noti to be ready to move, explaining uh, that they're nomadic, and wonders how Rin found Berdia in himself. But Rin deflects the question, asking if she, if she can just be happy that she found him. Bridger complies and thanks Rin for coming, saying that he couldn't wait to go home. Uh, back at the Night Sisters' fortress, the Great Mothers announced to Thrawn that the Jedi is coming that a Jedi is coming to Berdia. Ron asks Elizabeth if that Jedi could be Tano, who is regarded as deceased after the duel with Skull. Uh, you know, Skull knocked her down into the water or whatever. She's supposed to be dead. Elizabeth, Elizabeth regards this as impossible as Skull assures her of Tano's death. Ron maintains that Elizabeth should not have underestimated a Jedi and that death was a common deception among both both them and the Knights. Thrawn asserts that they have they should regard Skull's judgment as flawed, as he was once a Jedi, and that they would consider Tano alive until they knew otherwise. Grand Admiral Thrawn requests to know everything about Tano, including her history, homeworld and master adding that if a pergola approaches Perdia to destroy it without prejudice. Thrawn turns to the Great Mothers, requesting once again to make use of their dark magic. Credits start rolling. We hear the funny music and stuff. Well, that was it. What did you think? Good episode. They just, threw, it, uh, every, they just threw everything out and they just threw everything at in this episode. Yeah, there was a lot there, wasn't there? And, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, almost too much, right? 
Yeah. What? Ezra, we get them all in one episode? Yeah. What's going to happen then with uh, the rest of it? It's, it's basically just the building episode to so you have something to do at the end because you know at the end is we're, we're rescuing Bridger and Thrawn's escaping and all that stuff. Um, and I don't see how I don't see how Ezra goes. Ezra said, "You know, oh, and now, now I can leave the planet." Okay, does he have a starship somewhere? <laughs> well, he thinks he's going to go the same way Rin came, but he doesn't know how she got here. Yeah. Well, we there we was a lot. We know what the jump rings for then. Yeah, that's well, basically for Thrawn's big ship, right? Yeah, Star Destroyer. I was surprised at how much we saw of Thrawn this time. It was uh, yeah. more than I was expecting. I was expecting just a brief... Such a grand, such a grand entrance and just lay it all out yeah. there. Yeah. Like, whoa. Sieg Heil. I thought it was funny. Yeah, I thought it was <laughs> funny. Funny how every single every single trooper we saw, their... Uh, they're, uh, you know, white uniform was dirty, or yeah. it had some tape on it, or something. You know, it was it was wrapped up. So they'd been through some battles and stuff, but and but never cleaned up. I guess never never washed their uniform. That's why they need to come too. He runs Sparkalorium. Yeah. That's right. Just bring the whole ship through. And have them stand on top of the shift, and, and we, we'll just sparkle them all up. Yeah, special discounts for Thrawn's uh, Star Destroyer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was a lot there. So, uh, there's, there's probably Skull isn't expecting to leave either because he's got some sort of um, premonition that there's something on the planet that's going to help him um, something bigger than uh, than all of them put together, which I don't know. I mean, maybe that's what's uh, helped the uh, Night Sisters and stuff. You know, the it's, it's it's weird, you know. I always tell you guys the the Night Sisters aren't Jedi or, or aren't um, technically they aren't Force users, but they use the Force to enhance their magic, basically. So, you know, they talk about how uh, they hear, they see future events and stuff. But that was kind of like what the Jedi did. The Jedi would kind of meditate and and see the future events. The Night Sisters kind of do the same. They they meditate and use their magic and the Force to to do the same thing. They just don't have. Um, the same powers that you would see like a Jedi or a, a Sith because they use magic instead, you know. They use their weird magic stuff and um they're more they're more of the wizards and stuff than that yeah. we would see Witches. than anything. You know, they would uh mix a pot with uh with uh frog's legs and, and stuff to, to do something up. Um, I, I think we saw, yeah, I think we saw some of that when they were, um, you know, getting Maul ready. You know, they were, they found this guy and then they cast this spell with all these weird herbs and stuff, right? Something like that. And they made him drink it and he, he turned into this uh, monster of a guy. All red and black and stuff. So... What do you think? Anything else you got to speak about there? Got a lot of magic to do with him, and we got we got Thrawn, who's trying to escape uh, with Elizabeth's yeah. thing, and then we got uh, Skull and Hati uh, searching for something greater on the planet. I don't know. We got... I'll just leave them all. Yeah, I think he probably will. Actually, I think why you just say I'm out. I think what's going to happen is, um, Ron's going to escape. 
uh, right around the moment that Ahsoka arrives. And Ahsoka is going to find Ezra and Rin because they're going to ride back uh, to the, you know, wherever the the Night Sisters were. And they're going to. Yeah, and they're going to escape, um, but they're going to be behind Thrawn, of course. So Thrawn's going to have time to go in and um, do some some bad stuff. So he's going to send a message ahead to all the people yeah. that alliance alliance aligned with him are going to start causing shit to happen. Yeah. So there's a reason why the First Order. Basically, when we see them in the movies, the First Order basically is already taken over so quickly is because um, because of Thrawn. Uh, Thrawn went in and kind of destroyed what was barely a rebel force at the time. And uh, I think at the time, he got destroyed as well. Um, we don't know for sure. We don't know what happened to Thrawn. Um, you know, a lot of the rumors say that he's, he's dead um, in our timeline, that's uh, you know, with a, with a new first order and all that stuff, he's dead then, but we don't know that for sure. Um, but we do know that he came back and wreaked havoc, and uh, that's how the first order was able to to come back. First order was an offshoot of what Thrawn was going to try to do. Um, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, the Captain that, that said the Hitler the phrase in front of everybody was uh, he took over after Thrawn left. During fluid. So um, I think that's what's going to happen, but I don't know how much we're going to see in the next two episodes because uh, supposedly there's season two of Ahsoka. Maybe a season two is fighting Thrawn and defeating him. I don't know. Well, um, we got what, seven more episodes. I mean, episodes. Two more, we got? two more episodes left. Two more. Eight and nine. Oh, this is episode. Yeah, of course, they're not going to run them conjointly. Wait, this is episode six, isn't it? So this, we've got three episodes left: seven, eight, and nine. Yeah. Yeah, they're not gonna. They're gonna do them separately. So far, as far as I, every schedule I've seen, they've all been uh, separated. Shot. There's no two at a, two at a time anymore. Um, so put all these together, time wise, we're, we're done. We're done watching them. What they did, I'm 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 guessing what they've done is they thought the whole thing and then they chopped it up into episodes. So they they shoot all these like a movie and they chop them up into episodic. I mean parts. sort of you you've got David Filoni writing it though and David's he's used to writing well, that is David Filoni's baby from 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 what I saw, the eight minute documentary. Yeah. yeah. He uh this is the so first he thing he's done without claim, George Lucas. He, he, so is his claim of he thought up Ahsoka, but then no, there's a no. contradiction that 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 Lucas brought Ahsoka no. Ahsoka to him. Yeah, Lucas. It was Lucas. He said mm-hmm. it before that Lucas brought it to him. Um. And, and Lucas brought it to him when they were doing the uh, animated Clone Wars movie. He said, I want to introduce this new character, Ahsoka. And uh, I want you to do it or whatever. Because Lucas was very involved in the animated movie. It was his, it was his idea to do the animated movie. Oh. Um, and then they spun it off as a the idea was to spin it off as a TV series after that. So okay. um, Lucas was involved in the movie like he was all the other movies, that, that animated movie. And uh, it was, like I said, it was his idea. Um, and Flonius said that 
himself before that Lucas brought the idea to him. Um, and they developed it together is what he said, basically. But, uh, anyway, we, uh, we want you guys to tell us what you think about all this, uh, stuff we saw this week. Yeah, so send us to that email address. That'll allow you to uh, attach a audio or video if you'd like. Um, obviously, uh, many email accounts only let you go up to 25 megs. So be careful of that. You can also go to our website, which there should be a link down here, our website, and it would be, you know, on the left-hand side once you get there for uh, feedback. That'll pull up a form that'll let you send something. Can't attach anything to that, so that's the disadvantage, but you can send us uh, your text feedback. We're on Twitter at super underscore duper underscore pod. We're on Blue Sky at Rebel Alliance Briefing Room, all one word. And we're on YouTube, uh, where you can uh, put as many comments as you want in the video uh, comments section. Did you ever get your blue sky to work, Scott? No, I haven't tried it yet. Yeah. Stuff going. Okay. We're going to get Scott on there, too, so he can uh, talk to everybody uh, about Star Wars and whatever else. Um, so yeah, we, we want the feedback. We, uh, barely get any feedback and we want all the feedback. So don't hold back. Don't be don't shy hold back on the feedback. Yeah. Don't be shy. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll give you uh credit for your feedback and, uh, you'll, you'll be famous, right? <laughs> sure hold thing. Back. So send us some feedback right away. Anything else, Scott? Or should we get out of here? I sound like you got somewhere to go. Not really. Not really. Gotta go do chores. Exactly. I don't want to do that. <laughs> so I don't. But I mean, we've been going for a while, too. So let's go ahead and do that and then we can chat too if you want. Thank you for listening to the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room Podcast. Please visit our website where you can play current and past episodes. That's https colon backslash backslash R-A-B-R Kaldrahenson.us. That's R-A-B-R dot K-A-I. L-E-J-O-H-A-N-S-E-N dot U-S. On the left-hand side is a navigation menu. You can use this to learn how to load the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room podcast on your Android or Apple phone and tablet. And we have direct links to our podcast on Apple and Google Podcasts. Please participate by connecting to our social media, answering questions of the week, or submitting feedback directly from the site. Again, all of these are available at the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room website at R-A-B-R-K-A-I-L-E-J-O-H-A-N-S-E-N dot U-S. This podcast in no way is approved, sponsored, or owned by Lucasfilms LTD, Disney, Disney Plus, or any of its subsidiaries. All opinions are solely owned by Kyle and or Scott, and in no way express the views or opinions of their past or present employers. Views and opinions are not supported or restricted by Lucasfilms LTD, Disney, Disney Plus, or any of its subsidiaries. Any rebroadcast, reproduction, or any or other use of this podcast and its affiliate sites without consent of SuperDuper Podcast Network and its host is prohibited. I am Kyle Jordan Hansen, and this is Andrew Scott Sutton. Say goodbye now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. See you next week with this exciting venture into Ahsoka and... Oh, oh yeah.
Happy fall, everybody. Happy fall, y'all. Y'all. Y'all come yeah, back now. Yeah, yeah. It's officially fall. Yay. Yep. My neighbor across uh, the street and down the road a little bit has already got their Halloween directions up. Awesome. Let me stop this recording.